Hey guys, this is Larry. I got Derek here with me with the Jesus Name News Podcast. This week, we are starting off our exciting series on, well, all things evil for the month of October. Um, We thought it'd be really interesting to kind of talk about all this stuff that people sometimes talk about and sometimes don't. And the thing is, is that while these things can be kind of scary on some level, the reality is, is that they should not be scary to the people of God. So, you know, the next few weeks, we're going to talk about the mark of the beast. We're going to talk about witchcraft in the modern world and in the Bible, because, you know, our idea of what this stuff is, is just not, it's not biblically accurate. And it's so important to understand these things properly. This week, however, we're starting with the big guy himself. The Mac Daddy of Evil. And that is satan or lucifer and the thing is is that even this this personification of ultimate evil right there's so many different views on what he is i mean there's that the silly cartoon with the red guy with the horns and the pitchfork and the tail you know there's that little that little devil on the shoulder with the angel on the other shoulder kind of thing going on um there's people who believe that there is no explicit personage of satan and that it's just a generic term meant for enemies of god and powers that oppose god um there there's there's so many things um but what we want to talk about is we want to talk about what the bible does say and what it doesn't say because it's important that as Christians, that we have a solid understanding of these things. What is it that the Bible tells us about this enemy of our souls? And what is it that has been added to it through mythologies through the ages? Um, Because we really need to know the difference in our doctrines and in our belief systems of what is explicitly from God and what is not. Not that those things aren't couldn't be true but they also could possibly be wrong if they're not explicitly from god right all right so let's open up the bible and let's let's take a look at some of the things it says okay so um we see in isaiah we get an indication of one of the names lucifer um that's probably one of the most common official names and we'll We'll talk a little deeper about that um, a little while later, but that's where the name Lucifer comes. It comes from the Isaiah 14 story. Um, In Ezekiel 28, we get a description of Satan as a cherubim, one of the highest of the created angels. Um, Some people say like an archangel. Uh, I don't believe that the Bible uses that exact word with him. Uh, It definitely does not name all of the archangels or all of the angels that would be at level with satan um there is a theory that like michael and gabriel and satan or lucifer are the three well in jewish theology or mythology however you want to say it holds that i believe there are five archangels Raphael is one and uh there's a couple there's one more but Either way, uh, Satan obviously was a cherubim. He's one of the highest created angels. Like the cherubims are like tip-top kind of guys, just under the archangels, I believe. So Satan, however, was apparently created with a certain set of uniqueness and thought put into him. So he becomes very proud and arrogant ab- about his beauty and his position. And for some reason decided, hey, you know what? You see that throne? I want to sit on that. And God's like, nope, sorry. And one of the interesting things about me about this, just to jump in real quick, is that so many in the church have this idea that angels didn't have a choice. Like I've heard so many times in my life that God created man because he wanted someone to choose to follow him. Okay, but then in the same breath, they talk about Satan and the one third of the angels falling and the one third of the angels in the book of Revelation get thrown out of heaven and all this stuff. And it's like, here's the thing, guys, 
God could not have created this whole world that we live in and us specifically because he was lonely and wanted someone to choose to follow him. And Lucifer or Satan have chosen to rebel against God at the same time, because in order for Satan to be able to choose to rebel against God, either one of two things happened. One angels can rebel, which means they have a choice. You don't want to God literally created beings for the purpose of them being evil and opposing him for the sake of us having a choice and then chose to send them to an eternal lake of fiery torment that he created for them and anyone who followed after them. Well, which is kind of messed up. Yeah. Well, into like, you got to think about this. Satan had an immense desire for power. I mean, and I certainly agree with you, Like, you can't say that God created man because he wanted someone to choose and then say satan had got the angels to choose him so yeah that that, that's kind of all i'm saying is that 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 we need to remember that in this it's very clear from what the bible says that at least at some point maybe they don't have a choice now somehow however the bible seems to imply that there's a point there's a time that we won't have a choice anymore either yeah so so i mean at some point they had a choice and in that choice satan rebelled so they had a choice on some level at some time yeah and i mean everything we get from here though is from a prophecy about or not everything but most of what we get about lucifer in the bible is from like the story of matthew revelations the prophecy about the king of tyre the comparison between satan and the king of tyre but however Satan had this immense desire for power and he decides I'm going to be like the most high and God's like, no. So the two passages that I kind of want to hit on real quick are Ezekiel 28 and 13, which states the workmanship of thy tabrets and of thy pops was prepared in thee in the day that thou wast created. And then you have the entire Isaiah 14 chapter almost where it's comparing the king of Tyre to Satan. But Either way, based on this, this as Ezekiel 28 and 13 verse, some people believe that Satan was a music leader and was in charge of heaven. So he has a high ranking position in heaven. And if you're Pentecostal, the music ministry is one of the highest. <laughs> so the, but either way, the Hebrew text of this birth verse is very difficult to interpret though. Because modern translations offer a very slightly different rendering uh, because the ESV says, and then encrafted in gold were your settings and your engravings on that day that you were created, they were prepared. And the Greek translation of the Old Testament, which is one of the earliest translations of the Hebrew text, includes the list of stones that was used in the breastplate of the high priest in this verse. And actually... We could do an entire podcast on this, but there's only nine stones that are listed in the Hebrew version or in the Greek slash Hebrew version. Whereas we all know that there are 12 stones on the high priest breastplate. There are three missing stones. So interesting, but I won't get into that. Uh, However, music is what you're saying is that that whole thing about Satan being some weird freak with like musical instruments sticking out of his body isn't really biblical no and I, I, as much as angels sound weird <laughs> well right i have this thing where i tell my sunday school kids that uh i, I, never I, I accidentally told them i was like because we were, they were talking about angels and like how it'd be cool and happy to see one and i was like um nobody in the bible is happy when they see angels they're horrified like they're scared their face hits the ground they bury their face in the dirt and they ask them to have mercy on them every time like no one sees an angel and is like hey that's the coolest thing ever i was like and the thing is is that when the bible describes how angels look they're 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 kind of monstrous a little bit yeah like heads heads of lions and wings of eagles and you know all that stuff it's as yeah and and one of the things i was i always thought of was like the whole thing about you know satan having 
all like I've always heard it and I it never made a lot of sense because it just sounded horrible like well and, and at least if you have a head of a lion and some wings like an eagle I see how that wouldn't hurt which definitely brings to memory the verse about the devil walking around as a roaring lion but Either but way, like having pipes sticking out of your body and horns and keys and all that stuff like that just sounds painful and horrible. It is painful. It does sound painful. It does sound horrible, actually. <laughs> and but here's the other thing to that. And uh, people are going to like, hate me for this. But the KJV is a very flawed translation. Either way. Mm-hmm. We and maybe I should put a sensor over that. <laughs> but say it again for the people in the back. But either way, like I'm not, I'm not against the KJV. I think it's a very good translation, but it's very flawed in places because it's, it's usually translated in context to what the translators knew. Well, yeah, and it was written in the late 16th and early 17th century. Of course, it's going to have issues. Like they didn't have the ability to proofread and check and you know understand they didn't even have later. access to some of the things we have now like they don't they didn't have access to some of the earlier manuscripts that we have now so that's that's another interesting tidbit too because most of the old testament was actually translated off of the septuagint which is the greek translation of the hebrew text but either way i'm not saying the kjv is bad i'm just saying like the ESV and some of these newer translations that have access to some even older documents and better documents do give a different lot about Satan and who he is. And that doesn't mean that worship it doesn't involve music in heaven. It obviously does because Revelation 5 and 8 and 15 and 2 mentions harps used in the worship of God. But worship of God in heaven will certainly include singing and, and music. But before the fall of Satan, he served as an angel, at least. We all know that. So the other implication of that reality, too, is that that whole, because, again, another reason that people, I don't know why we have so many myths about how we were created to replace Satan. But I've also heard a lot that man was created because after Satan fell, he took all the worshipers from heaven away. And so God needed people to sing praises to him. And that doesn't even make sense because there are cherubims around the throne of God. Well, I know it doesn't make, well, I know these things don't make sense. I'm just saying there are things that I've heard. I mean, have you ever heard that? I mean, yeah, I have. I mean, yeah. So like, it just sounds ridiculous. I'm saying is like, it doesn't make sense, but like, these are things that we have people saying in our churches and we have congregations that are doing little dances and amening every time these people say it. And the fact of the matter is, is that these people aren't preaching truth. They're literally preaching falsehoods and then doing little Pentecostal dances in celebration of the falsehoods. And we should be better than that. It's because that makes us feel good. It's what makes us feel like we're special. And that's fun. But either way, like Ezekiel 28 and 14, the verse directly after 28 and 13, describes Satan as an anointed guardian cherub, cherub that was placed on the holy mountain of God in the midst of the stones of fire you walked, which... Oh my gosh, there's this great book about, about that, this verse here. Like, it is insane how good that book is. I, I go back and read it like once a year. But either way, music we all know is going to be there. Satan obviously had this very high-ranking position. I mean, cherubims are so important that they're seated above the mercy, the, mercy seat uh, on the Ark of the Covenant. They're seated there, and that's where God was supposed to kind of come down and sit when the priest went in on the high holy day, but despite Satan's high rank in God's presence, at some point he turns against the Lord and pride and said, you said in your heart, and this is from Isaiah 14, 13 through 14, you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven above the stars of God. I will sit my throne on high. I will sit on the Mount of assembly in the far reaches of the North. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will bake myself like the most high. And that's from Isaiah 13 and 14. And honestly, we could argue about even that part of it because Isaiah 12 talks about Lucifer, or I believe it's Isaiah 12. Where 14, it says, 12. Yeah. 
it, yeah. it talks about Lucifer, thou son of the morning. And so yeah, many- and I, I think we gotta let's let's take a pause at that because there's an issue here too. Like I and and up front, I'm not saying that this passage is not using the Satan figure as a comparison to, to these people. Okay. It's pretty clear that that is what's happening here. Okay. But there's, there's like super, super interesting history that goes along with this passage and the usage of Lucifer here. Okay. And, and I think it's important that we understand the background of this stuff because again, when we repeat false mythology and false hoods about the truth of God, we literally infect every part of our belief system with the weeds of deception and those weeds slowly creep into other places. Okay. So Isaiah 14, 12 says, you know, how you are fallen. Most, the King James says Lucifer, son of the morning. Okay. Yeah. Different verses, versions say different versions of that. So to look at that, we have to look at where it comes from, okay? Because there are genuine questions when we look at the Hebrew and when we look at the Greeks, the Greek versions and things like that. The primary one being that Lucifer is Latin, okay? It is a Latin proper name. The etymology of Lucifer does not go back to Old Testament times. I want to say it's like 8th or ninth century, yeah. is when Lucifer became a thing, okay? So, first of all, it is literally impossible for Isaiah to have called him Lucifer or any version of that because there is no root to the Latin word Lucifer as a proper name for Satan. Yeah. Okay, so whatever this verse is saying, Lucifer is 100% not it. Okay. Now that doesn't mean it's not about the devil again. So this is what's super interesting. Okay. We look back and we can find exactly when it became a proper name. Okay. And it was done by St. Jerome, St. Jerome. Okay. So St. Jerome, he produced the Latin Vulgate. It's a translation of the Hebrew Old Testament. It is super, super like influential. Okay. I, I mean, just think about it. Latin was literally the only language the Bible was allowed to be read and repeated in for hundreds of years. It was, and this is what it was done from. Okay. So 500 years of Christians only heard the Bible read in Latin from yeah. the Latin Vulgate. Okay, so it's a massive, massive change. And here's the thing. He did translate Lucifer into that. However, in his own commentary, he wrote, and this is a translation of his what he wrote, obviously, because he wrote in Latin, because you weren't allowed to write about God in anything other than Latin when he lived. He said... In Hebrew, so that we may express it word for word, it is read, how have you fallen from heaven? Howl, son of the dawn. Okay. Now, howl here, not a proper noun. He's not saying your name is howl. He's saying howl like a wolf at the moon or howl like a screaming animal. And we can know this because the Hebrew word that we translate to Lucifer in Isaiah 14, 12 occurs three times in the Old Testament, okay? It occurs in Isaiah 14, 12, and we translate it as Lucifer. And it occurs two other times, Zechariah eleven twelve, and it says in the King James, howl, fir tree, for the cedar is fallen, because the mighty are spoiled. Howl, O ye yokes of Bashan, for the forest of the vintage is come down. So it's saying cry out. It's saying cry out almost in pain, right? <clears throat> and again, cry out because you're falling. And then Ezekiel 21.12 says in the King James again, cry and howl, son of man, for it shall be upon my people. It shall be upon all the princes of Israel. Terrors by reason of the sword shall be upon my people. Smite therefore upon thy thigh. So that word 
properly translated is saying is saying to cry out in fear. That verse is not saying Lucifer, you morning star, son of the morning or whatever. It's not giving him an amazing nickname and a cool name. It's saying like, I don't care who you are, son of the morning. You need to be afraid right now because what you have done is literally the worst thing that you could ever do. And you will be destroyed. Yeah. Well, like, um, and it's just, it, I find it so interesting that we changed a word that was telling that king to be terrified yeah. into a proper noun for the devil. Well, like, and I think it's interesting because if you read on in that Ezekiel 28 passage that I've been referring back to, um, Ezekiel, I think we started at, uh, what was it? Yeah, it was Isaiah, Ezekiel, sorry, Ezekiel 28, 13 through 14 uh, that we talked about. And then, but 15 says, you were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till unrighteousness was found in you. In the abundance of your trade, you were filled with, filled with violence in your midst and you sin. So I cast you as a profane thing, profane thing from the mountain of God. And I destroyed you, O guardian cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Your heart was proud because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of splendor. I cast you to the ground. I exposed you before kings to feast their eyes on you. And I find that interesting because it seems like the parallel is still there and it doesn't change. Even if you, if that is not the name of Satan, it doesn't change the idea that Satan was going to be destroyed right and i feel like that's what people are going to say they're going to say well that changes everything it doesn't there's nothing literally nothing in that verse changes if you take out lucifer yeah exactly and that's the thing is that what it's doing is it changes what the verse is kind of saying like it almost feels like it's exalting the devil at times the way that it reads without that howl like without saying cry out in fear well, you know, well, if you and, read that Ezekiel 28 passage, it, it exalts, you know, Satan as his angel form at that time, too. Right. Yeah. But either way, like, I don't think it has to be so contrary because cherubims were put in charge of carrying the throne of God in Ezekiel's vision. They were in charge of worship. I don't think it's too far-fetched just to say that Lucifer knows how to play an instrument. I don't think that's too far-fetched. I don't think he's, and I don't think that it's too far-fetched to say that Lucifer or Satan, whatever you want to call him, that Satan knows how to sing praises to God because that's what he did for probably thousands of millions of years before man was even the thought. So I, I have a quick question. I, I just thought of it. I literally don't know the answer and I'm sure you don't too. Maybe somebody listening to this knows though. Like, so I'll admit, I, I can't really carry a tune. Like I can't stay on pitch and whatever. Right. So like, can animals not, are there animals that can't sing and animals that can sing? Or is it just kind of like, if you're a hummingbird, you hum pretty. I'm sure there are. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like, I guess what I'm saying is like, so we're saying like, maybe he could play an instrument or something. I'm like, okay, maybe, but like, he also could have been born with like, you know, weird arms that can't hold an instrument. But, you know, that <laughs> but like, again. But like I'm, I guess I'm saying like, but however he was created, I'm sure that he was able to make beautiful worship to God, even if that worship has no resemblance to what our worship would be as humans with, you know, two arms and opposable thumbs that are able to like maneuver things in that way. You know, like if, if a, if a wolf howls at the moon, it makes a similar noise. I mean, I don't, is there a wolf that howls at the moon and all the other wolves cringe and hate it because it's such an ugly sounding howl? I don't know. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, maybe there is, maybe there isn't. I, I don't know. But well, I guess it, what I'm saying but, is that like, 
I guess I'm just saying like, it, it just was a cool, weird thought to me. Like, like we, we try to humanize angels. And I guess is what I'm saying. And we try to humanize Satan, not for the sake of like making him more sympathetic, but for the sake of understanding somehow. But like on some level, we need to remember that Satan is not human. Assuming oh. that Satan has two hands and opposable thumbs and two legs and stands upright, even if he is red with some horns, just it, it, it doesn't make sense. There's no reason to think those things. We anthropomorphize or whatever him because it makes us feel more comfortable. But more importantly, Lucifer is not equal to God. Yeah, exactly. And Honestly, I feel like in many ways, if you look at Jesus when he's coming off that 40-day fast in the desert and he's confronted by Satan, he Satan is not coming to him, you know, necessarily with a lot of power. You know, Satan is offering all these things, but he knows that Jesus has all power in his hand. He already knows the plan of God. He he probably already knew what was going to happen before it even happened, right? So yeah. this is something we think that we that I think we as Christians do unintentionally because like you said we unintentionally anthropomorphize angels and Satan to make them more relatable but at the same time we also unintentionally ele- elevate Satan to a position of power that he neither has nor has control over because in the book of Job the first chapter of Job which Job is probably the oldest book of the bible we have it says yeah because the only time frame that job makes sense in is before abraham well yeah he's even in the land of us well because he lives so long in the book that he cannot possibly be born after man's lives get shortened he had to have been earlier than that which means and and there's nothing in the passage that says it could be and i mean he could have been before the flood well, no, he was definitely before the flood, but I mean, Job he could have been before the flood. He could have been, he could have been, he, it could be a complete myth. Well, jo- either way, Job chapter one gives us insight into Satan's position in the spiritual realm. Right. You know, the Job chapter six or chapter one, verse six says, now there was a day when the sons of God, which are the angels, came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan also came among them. The Lord said to Satan, from where have you come? Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking up and down on it. And the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant, servant Job there, that there is none like him on earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, does Job fear God for no reason? Have you not put a hedge around him and his house and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land, but stretch out your hand and touch all that he has and he will curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, behold, All that he has is in your hand. Only against him do not stretch out your hand. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and he he done his thing, right? We all know kind of the gist. But imagine that passage that just messes with like typical. Like I love. First of all, let's talk about, let's hit on that sons of God thing. Yeah. Yeah. The sons of God thing are the angels. I think it's also referring to angels in Genesis. I'm I'm in the I'm in the very very small minority. Okay, I know I am on that. (laughs) But then you get to the part where Satan's coming among the sons of God, so he's actually able to somehow get access to God. Like he's like I don't know, I don't know that this is necessarily in heaven because they came to present themselves before the Lord. It doesn't say it's in heaven, but it does say that there was a day that they presented themselves before God and Satan was there. And Satan is depicted as not having unilateral authority to do as he pleases. Like, obviously, he's going to and fro on the earth doing all these things, but 
he doesn't have unilateral authority to reach out and touch God's anointed. He doesn't have the ability to do that unless God allows him to. He almost seems like a servant of God still in this passage. Almost. It's almost like this might be before the fall. And like <laughs> there, there's so many different ways you could come at this. So Job is before the fall. Like that, but I'm being honest with you because if you read Ezekiel chapter 28 and verse 14, it says that Satan was cast down to the kings of the earth and he was laid bare before their eyes. Well, yeah. And, and the thing is, is that like, all of the the thing is, is like, we don't understand how any of this works. Like the, the other thing that jumped out to me in that passage is God's like, where have you been? Where else is he going to be? But earth, like we have this weird thing where we think that we're the center of all of creation. And we're the only thing that matters. Like, um, in the book of Job, God asks Satan, where have you been? And Satan goes, I was on earth. Like that's actually telling God information about the location of where Satan was. And which blows my mind because here's the thing, whether, whether the book of Job was written 2,600 years ago by some priest in Israel or it's older than that and passed down further or whatever. However, we got it. I don't think there was a concept of some of these things in that time period. Like, did they have a, when was the concept of other planets or other life, even a thought? It's, I mean, it's very, it's a lot earlier than people think, but oh, it's well, mostly. Thanks, in- thanks social day teacher for ruining ruining my my thing it's a lot of it, it starts really around the time of like mesopotamia egypt that, like early mesopotamia early egypt type stuff but, but it just i guess it interests me that the bible acknowledges these things because like well, if you think about it ancient mesopotamia same area as like us and like some of these areas you're talking about then you got egypt which if these stories are being passed down they go through egypt as yeah. well so if it's being passed down and eventually gets written down, that story has been passed through when the Israelites are in Egypt. So there's probably a little bit of tweaking there as well. But I think the bigger point is that we give Satan a place of power that he doesn't have. That doesn't mean he's not powerful. Yeah. Because Satan is still the ruler of this world, and he's described as such. He is still called the prince of the power of the air. He is called the accuser of the brethren. He tempts to sin against, he tempts, he tempts humans to sin against God. And he still definitely had the power to offer somehow some sort of reverence of all the kings of the world to Jesus. And, and I think that's more i think that is another key to ezekiel chapter 28 like that's another key like satan does have power in this world and jesus as a man he didn't have the power in his flesh but as the god of the universe he already had that power so he's offering him something some temporary power to have him let go of eternal power if that makes sense so basically thereby avoiding the cross if you understand so either way he deceives humanity about the truth especially the truth about god himself which again we can go back to the garden of eden and start there like we have over and over again with worship and with yom kippur like we've went back to the garden of eden so many times and because there's so much theology there he lies about god's character and proposes and, and, and purposes for humanity. He tells fallen humanity that it can save itself without God's grace. And he does all he can to separate us from God and undermine God in our eyes using his powers of deception. Actually, the name of Satan simply means adversary. It just means one who opposes. And he's known as the devil, which means slanderer. Like Satan is powerful, but we he doesn't have the same power as God. And just to be thorough that, that whole, like it means adversary thing. 
I, I've known men that that feel like there is not an explicit Satan figure. Mo- primarily because of that. And because if you look at all of these Bible stories, it definitely is possible to not see one consistent figure, but multiple figures described by different writers that have this title. Well, you think about it this way a lot. Demons, they come in ones, but they leave. And if they come back, they come in sevens. Yeah, and I don't think that the people that I've known that that thought of it that way, they they definitely believed in demons. It was just the the explicit idea of like the king of all demons who led everything the way that we describe in totality. Like that all of those figures are not all one super figure that so, so they kind of apply the term Satan like in the context of Ezekiel 28 and Isaiah they would be applying it to all of those angels. Kind of. Yeah. That's what it seems like. Cause that's an interesting yeah. And it, it, it makes sense on some level, but in certain of the passages, there had to have been a figure that was specifically referred to in some of it. However, I, I think the, the thing that I always got to with the person was like, okay, so by and large, all you're saying is Satan isn't a name. It's a it's a description of groups of beings. There's still some leader in the book of Revelation that led a rebellion against God. It's like a race of angel. Basically. Yeah, it's almost talking about anything that opposes God, which right. also makes sense in terms of when Jesus says, Peter, Satan, get behind me when Peter says, I'd never betray you because he wasn't telling Peter in that moment that he was full of Satan, full of like the king of the devils. That's 100% not what Jesus was saying. He was lying, but he was also going against the will of God. Yeah. So, I I mean, I I think I'm not saying that 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 kind of idea is 100% accurate, but I definitely think that there are biblical accounts that tribute to like the one leader of demons or whatever that really aren't i think the peter story is a good example of that let me throw some because like i've told larry all these like stories that i have like he some of them i've went in depth with and some of them i haven't and it's simply because like i've seen a lot as the grandson slash son of ministers so I've seen a lot of things that I can't unsee. And that's why like, I certainly believe in like God and demons. <laughs> so there's this one. And it, I think this is a good place for me to put this story. When I think about this, um, my grandfather tells a story from, uh, and I know the man or knew the man he's passed now, but um, my grandfather told the story and I, I talked to the man about this as well and he confirmed the story uh he was sleeping one night and he was awoken by an angel like an angel of light came into his room and they were talking about the glory of god they were talking about how great god is and then all of a sudden like he started or not all of a sudden but it was like kind of weaved into the conversation that uh he noticed the angel was starting to blaspheme God and speak against God's authority. And this preacher simply looked at him and said, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And he said, the creature turned into the ugliest thing that he has ever seen and went straight through the wall. And I think that kind of like that same idea of like Satan being a broad term that's interesting because like I feel like if demons can form themselves into angels of light, Satan being able to form himself into an angel of light, like that, that fits. But I don't know that I think that is, I think Satan is a personification. I think that there is a figure, a figure somehow, some way, but 
That being yeah, said, like, but like I think I, I think it's partially true. I think that there's there's definitely a figurehead. I don't know how that works because, like, again, this brings so many questions up. Like, does he actually think he can win? Well, I think at this point, we he knows his fate. Like, I mean, he knows his he's his doom is basically sealed. Like, he doesn't have a chance. Ever think he could win? I mean, like, it just but, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, I understand how people can turn against God on some level because. Like, let's just be real here. Like, as much as it be, it's very clear to me in my experiences that God is real, right? There's so many people that have never had some of the experiences that I've had that makes me know God is real that I could see how they would doubt right. on some level, right? Like, you have to make certain choices and seek certain things to really see. And so, like, I get that on some level, okay? But... I don't, I don't understand how an angel who stood in the fullness of the presence of God could think they could win. Well, and, if you, and why would you rebel and try to raise yourself above God if you know you can't win? Like, it, I, I mean, and again, to use a human, and I get we're humanizing again, which we run into problems, but like, I understand how, you know, like, I, with everything going on, people are talking about Nazis again. I understand why people who knew they couldn't defeat the Nazis from inside of Germany would stand up knowing they were going to lose and that they were probably going to die. I understand why people would do that to evil powers. Okay. But those evil powers are temporary. Like, I guess I just, I don't know. It's just, we could, we want to talk about what the Bible really says about the devil, but I, I think it's also interesting to just acknowledge some of the things that we don't know. Well, yeah. And I, I think that that's important because we're going based off of what the Bible says. And if, if you're looking at this, a lot of what we believe in, Larry's going to love that I say this. A lot of what we apply to Satan is based in Roman and Greek mythology. And, you know, the the attributes we give him, the power we give him is not based in true biblical theology. It's based in mythology. So I think it's important to understand that line, because if you read Ezekiel 28 and you read Isaiah chapter 12 and you piece those two together, they agree with one another. Certainly, but at the same time, they shed light on the true intention uh, or the true idea of Satan and what he, or whatever he is, chose and wanted to do. Because Ezekiel describes he got so haughty, he, he saw himself as beautiful in his creation and what he did. And he wanted to be higher than God. He wanted to be like the most highs, Isaiah said it. So at the end of the day, I think that any anything that exalts itself, and I think this is where Paul was also getting at when he writes, casting down every vain thought that exalts itself against the, is it the power or the glory of God? I can't remember. But I think that's where we need to be focused because I think the focus being on Lucifer, we place blame on Lucifer for things that he had no part of. We give him credit for things. He has no reason to have credit. I'm on. So, you know, we, when we do that, we ascribe to him power that he doesn't actually have. There are so many things that are within our control that when we give Satan power, why would you do that? Why would you say, why would you give him the ability to say Satan did that? Why would you do that? Well, and the thing is, is otherwise too, like, okay. So again, we're getting into some deep stuff. Y'all God's voice is creative. Okay. And by in what I mean by that is when God speaks, it literally creates. 
Okay. We are formed in his image and he breathed his breath literally into us to give us life. Okay. Which means that on some level, our words are also creative. Mm. So here's the deal. When you personally give Satan power in your life, you willfully give him power over your life that he otherwise should not have had. That's good. And and that's why it's so important to understand these things, because at the end of the day, if we attribute things to Satan that are not Satan's, we can literally give him those powers personally over us and over those who are under our authorities. Yeah. Because that's how this stuff works. Yeah. I mean, it is literally, it is quite literally that Satan really has no power except what God allows him to have and what we give him. Yeah. And if we violate God's giving of him power personally, we can give him more power in us, like to us. Now, if I give him power that God didn't give him over the world in my own life, then that doesn't mean he has that power over everybody in the whole world. It's just me. Um, And so we need to understand what he is for that. And so (laughs) I did a thing. When you uh, mentioned Roman and Greek mythology, I was like, who is the Roman God of the underworld? I know it's Hades in Greek. And, and so it's Pluto. You want to hear something crazy though? Yeah, I'm all, I'm all ears. Pluto's Nick Pluto is also called quote, the wealthy God or the giver of wealth. God, that is. I was like, what? So wait, the God of the underworld isn't just the God of the underworld. He's also the God of money. Well, they were on to something with that. I'll give them that. Well, no, like I, I've never heard this. Like, I know that Mammon is a pagan god. And I know that, you know, I, I, I was interested in this stuff when I was a kid, just because they're, they're kind of cool stories. Right. Yeah. But like, as I got older, I got interested in it just because it fascinates me how they're the same. Right. Like all these different mythologies overlap on top of each other so much. Right. So you have the, the, the God Mammon in the region of Israel. Right. And you have all these gods and like, the thing is, is that they don't explicitly cross over necessarily, or at least we don't have evidence that they did, but like the attributes and the way that it's set up and who's, which God sleeping with which God and the other God is the son or daughter of those gods and all this nonsense. Like they're so similar. Well, yeah, let me say this. They're so similar. And I think there's a reason for that. I think it's mostly because like humans have a natural desire to understand things that they cannot understand. To understand the spiritual is not human. Like we don't, we cannot fully understand the spiritual world until we get to heaven. We know that because we see like halfway through a glass. Like we have a, we have an, a, a very unclear picture. We have a picture, but it's unclear thanks to God and the Holy Spirit. But we won't truly know until we're in the presence of God Himself. You know, like we, there are so many things out there that we just are not going to know that until God tells us when we're in heaven. So I think that the reason they overlap is because I don't think it's coincidence. I think it's simply because humans are so curious and we desire to understand things that we cannot quite understand. And so we anthropomorphize them. That's what the Greeks and Romans did. The gods were just as evil as the humans. Yeah. They were just as bad as us. And so when you have, I mean, there was to a point that the Greeks at some point had a, had a uh, monument to the unknown God in case they skipped over gods that they didn't know about. Well, yeah. And, and yeah, I, I mean, it's just, I guess this is my thing about it, right? 
What if they're right? Well, they're not. So but what if, I'm, not, I'm not saying they're right in that they're the highest beings, right? But this is the thing. In the modern world, we reject the idea of all of these powers ever existing in any way, right? Like we act like it was just total and utter nonsense. However, as we're going to learn in a couple of weeks when we talk about witches, witches are real. Witchcraft is real. There's real power, okay? But there's also explicitly real power to these gods in the Bible. Which brings up another thing what if those gods are demons well that's what i'm saying it's like okay here's the thing we don't know if angels and demons reproduce what if they do what if the reason that all these gods talk about all this stuff and all these things and what if the reason that the roman gods talk about you know zoo the greeks talk about zeus coming down and having kids with women who are you know, demigods and all have all these powers. What if it happened? What if Zeus is just a demon who insert did all Genesis, this stuff? Insert Genesis chapter six. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because the Bible tells us that the sons of God, AKA what we think e- demons and angels made it with, it came together with the daughters of man and had children. But, right? but so like, first of all, you don't, don't go around telling people that because they'll look at you like crazy. But if you, <laughs> if you apply, True Hebrew theology, that's what they meant. That's what they meant. It's I understand. And I'm not saying that it's absolute because, like, here's the thing. We are way off in the deep end of this is not doctrine, okay? This is 100% not doctrine, okay? Yeah, we're, we're over in La La Land now. Like, if you we're in La La Land because, more- like, these topics are so fun and they're so interesting, not because Satan is awesome, because Satan is literally, like, the worst thing that's ever existed, okay? But... It's interesting because it's it's knowing things that are unknowable and it's trying to come to grasp with things that are beyond what we can possibly understand. And like, the thing is, is that there is something out there. There was power and there were miracles and there were signs and wonders and there were, you know, actual things going on in some of those temples and in some of those places under the names of these false gods. Okay. There's legitimate things that were happening. Okay. Just like not everyone who claims to be a witch in the modern world has actual spiritual power, but some of them do. Some of them are actual witches. Like some of them are actually doing things. And that's the thing is that it's kind of like, Some churches say that they pray to God and miracles can happen, but ain't nobody in that church ever actually experienced a miracle or know anybody personally who experienced a miracle. Right. But there's other churches that they absolutely know the power of God because they've explicitly seen it so many times that there's no doubt. And and, and that's the thing is it's just like, separating the truth from the lie it 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 requires so many levels and the thing is is that some people aren't at that level and that's fine and that's good and that's healthy and some people are at the level where they can separate out what the absolute is and what the this is interesting and it could be true but we can't make it doctrine you know and and the fact is is that it kind of fits that it could be that the reason that those mythologies are so similar is because there's actually truth to them. Yeah. You know, and and it could be, couldn't be too, which is kind of the point of realizing that it can also be wrong, but like, there's so much here. And, And the big thing that we need to realize is that God is all powerful and nothing can touch him. And I don't understand how that is. And I don't know how the devil ever thought he could overcome, but he rebelled. Right. And a whole bunch of other angels rebelled with him because the book of Revelation tells us a third of the angels were cast down. And they were cast down to earth and they were given explicit power over aspects of the earth. Okay. And that's that is the reality that we live in. And that is why it is so important that. You stay on your guard. I mean, spiritual warfare is real. I think people laugh at it. I think, especially in the 21st century, 
people laugh at it but we need to understand spiritual warfare is real yeah there are there are demons out there that are willing to attach themselves to you and i have personally seen that happen i could and i'm going to save those stories but i've seen series of episodes on just story time with Derek. i've seen i've seen demons speak i've seen like it i've heard them well, i haven't seen them speak but i've heard them speak i've watched them be cast out like i have seen these things happen with my own eyes spiritual warfare is real demons are real and well, that's the other thing is like there's recordings of of stuff like there's like um i forgot what it was but there's there have been a few movies made in the last like 20 years of like it's it's fictionalized but it's based on recordings from like mental hospitals and like recorded interviews with people who claim to be demon possessed and like they've documented things that are not possible yeah i mean and that's the thing and it's not i mean and i mean there's documentation that miracles have happened too i mean I know people who have absolutely documented things that are not possible, that they've documented, you know, things being healed and things that weren't there being there and things of that nature. Like, you know, and again, we don't have time for all the stories, but we will definitely need to work on some story time episodes for some of this stuff. But like, there is, there is power out there. And you need to understand the truths that we have about those powers. And you need to understand the possibles of what that pow- those powers are. Not because it's Im- they're important per se, but because if they're your adversary, if they're the things that are opposing you, then having a little bit of understanding of what it is and isn't is wise. For instance... Uh, again, I've heard many times this whole idea that anything the devil tells you is a lie because he's just a liar. Well, here's the problem with that. If everything the devil tells you is a lie, then what he says tells you truth explicitly by just playing the opposite game. Well, And, and that's silly. And here's, here's the thing. All that, all that we're saying about demons and Satan... The power is there, but yes. here's something more important. Our God is far and above any power Satan has. And at the name of Jesus, demons flee. At the name of Jesus, you know, mountains have been moved. And, and I mean that not maybe literally, but spiritually. Like, I. I could go in depth, but demons are subject to the name of Jesus. They they were subject to him on earth. They cast them out in his name in Acts. They still do it today. Guys, like while it is so important for you to understand the power of the adversary, what's even more important is that you understand the power of God. And that Satan has has nothing except God allow it. And while that may be a little confusing now, guess what? He that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. And at the end, God will reveal why. Why did this happen? Not everything is meant for us to know here on earth. And that's that's probably for the best. But our God, who shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory, he doesn't, he not only owns the cattle of a thousand hills, he owns the hills that the cattle are sitting on. (laughs) He He owns the entire universe. And every spiritual force is subject to him. So if you don't think that you have a way of escape. Paul said, he offers us a way of escape when we're being tempted. You have a way of escape and his name is Jesus. 
so we can't wait till next week um, when we get on to um, obsession the with occult practices in the modern church. You know, I'm so excited for that episode because I can't tell you how many times I've heard people tell me things are true because they heard witches say it. Yep. But that's coming up next week. That's coming up next week. We're excited. Uh, maybe not about the occult practices, but simply just talking about it because we probably have some good stories. <laughs> so we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening. <laughs>